Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and my name is Anna. And you're listening to the Culips English podcast. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to Culips. This is Chatterbox, the Culips series for intermediate and advanced English learners that features natural, unedited conversations between native speakers. And today I'm joined by my co-host Anna. Hey there, Anna. How's it going? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself, Andrew? I'm doing very well, also. Thank you, Anna. And today we are going to talk about what? Could you introduce today's topic for our listeners? Yes. Today we're going to talk about living in Spain and my experiences in this wonderful country. Perfect. So we'll do that in just a moment. But before we start, everyone, I want to let you know that there is a transcript and study guide available for this episode for all Culips members. And following along with the study guide while you listen to us is the best way to study with Culips. And by becoming a member, you'll not only support us and keep allowing us to make English lessons for people all over the world. But you'll also get a bunch of other extras, such as an invitation to our live streams for Culips members every month, and exclusive access to our Fluency Files series as well. So to sign up, become a member, and get the study guides and other extra bonuses, just visit Culips.com. We also wanted to give a very special shout out to our listener. Anna, with one N, I should say,、mm-hmm. from the USA, who left us a lovely comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Anna said, "I'm loving this podcast. Thank you so much for helping me improve my English with such nice episodes. Please continue doing it. Don't worry, Anna. We will." <laughs> I'm from Brazil, but I live in Seattle. Oh, how interesting! Thank you very much, Anna, for your comment. Thank you very much for the comment, Anna. And we got to give a shout out to Seattle. It's a fantastic city, one of my favorites in the USA. Anna, have you ever visited Seattle before? Never. It's in a famous film title. Is that correct? Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. That's the only way I know it. <laughs> No, it's not a popular destination, but it's a cool city, and maybe if you're in the USA one day, you could check it out. And thanks again, Anna, with one N for the awesome review. Everyone, leaving a positive review and a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to Culips, it really helps more English learners around the world find us and study with us. So even if you know you just leave like a short. One-word review. We'd really appreciate it. And with that said, I think we can get into talking about Spain. So let's do it. All right, Anna. Let's get into it now. I know you're living in Madrid. It's an amazing city. I've visited it myself. I I really enjoyed it. But maybe you could tell our listeners some facts or some info about the city. What's it like to live in Madrid? Well, Madrid is a really interesting city, and I think a good thing to know is that the Madrid and, and Barcelona, for example, which is the other key 
city in Spain are very, very different places. They're they're very different. They're very different cities, and they have a very different vibe. And Madrid is right in the middle of Spain. It's literally in the middle. Um, there is a spot in the in the city centre where you can go and stand in the middle of Spain. So it is exactly in the centre of of the country. And one really interesting thing about Madrid is that it's surrounded by a mountain range, which I think a lot of people don't know that. In fact, a lot of people think that they associate Spain with the beach, but actually there's so much more to Spain than the beach. There's just so much more. So Madrid is right in the middle. It's surrounded by mountains. It's the capital city, so there's a lot of people uh, living here. I think in the city center, there's three million people here. And it's got a good mix between being for tourists, but there's fewer tourists in Madrid than Barcelona, for example. I think Barcelona is more a bigger tourist attraction than, than Madrid. But Madrid has some great monuments. It has um, a palace. It has some fabulous museums. But it's it's a relaxed city is one thing I would say. It's it's more relaxed than other places. And if I compare it with somewhere like London, London's got a lot of skyscrapers. It feels very corporate. It feels very, you know, finance, all of those things. Whereas Madrid kind of feels more relaxed. It's not a city dominated by skyscrapers, for example. Um, and you can walk around Madrid in, in a day or two. It's a, it's a relatively small city, but a really, really nice, friendly and open city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was certainly my impression of Madrid as well. I visited the palace. It was really cool. There were some kind of special events happening that day, so we couldn't do a tour or anything. And there were actually the streets were closed and there were many police. Uh, There must have been some sort of official government business happening that day. But the palace was really cool to see, at least from the outside. And I remember visiting a market in Madrid. I can't remember the name, but it was there that I had a very delicious kind of coffee that I had never tried before. I believe it was called a cortado. I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Cortado, Cortado. yes. Yeah. Uh, So I'd never tried that before. I'm a coffee lover and I absolutely loved it. So I'll always remember that cafe that I visited in the market in Madrid. Yeah, Madrid has a lot of markets um, and in in all the different neighborhoods because obviously there's lots of different neighborhoods in in the city. And when you come to Madrid as a tourist, you're mainly going to stay in the center. But of course, there's lots of other neighborhoods around that. And a lot of them have markets and stands where what you do is you go and you go to a stand and you buy what is called a a pincho. A pincho is a piece of bread and on top of the piece of bread there is some kind of ingredient, meat, cheese and you know you have different pinchos and a very common thing that people will do after work is they'll go for a pincho and a beer. Mm. Okay. There's no way to translate pincho into English. It, it doesn't exist. It's it's a uh, it's it's something that doesn't exist. So, but that's a very typical plan that people will do in the evenings. And rather than necessarily going for one meal, they'll go and have a few pinchos in a different bar, and they'll move around and they'll have beers. And that's quite a common plan that people will do when they're when they're socializing. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Now. 
What is the difference between uh, a pincho and a tapas? Tapas is something that is free. Oh, okay. When you get a meal, you get tapas, okay? You you order a meal and you or you order alcoholic drinks and they'll give you a tapas. So they'll give you crisps or olives or whatever, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different than I think a lot of people's understanding. I think people think tapas is like a starter mm. or like a small plates, which have become very trendy in terms of restaurants over the past few years. But tapas is something free that you get with a meal or an alcoholic drink. That's a tapas. So okay. a good restaurant is where they give you good tapa. Like you think, oh, mm. fantastic. They give you a big bowl of crisps or... Um, so that's that's the, the best part. So it's a free addition. It's, you don't pay for it. Ah, okay. Very good. Wow. Thank you. I'm learning so much, everyone. Learning so much. Now, Anna, just a moment ago, before we started recording, I asked you what the temperature was like in Madrid. And you told me that it was around 30 degrees uh, Celsius. And that seems pretty hot to me, uh, especially because it's the morning time where you are. And if it's already 30 degrees, (laughs) I can only imagine what it will be like at midday. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about the weather in Spain. I think uh, most people generally consider Spain as having amazing weather. Is that is that true? Okay, so one thing I need to clear up here, Andrew, sorry, you asked me about the weather and I meant it was 30, going to be 30 degrees today, but not necessarily in the morning. Okay. So it is going to be about 30 degrees today, but in the morning it was about, I don't know, 20, 23, above 20 or something like that. Thank gosh. (laughs) Yeah, thank goodness that it's, it's not 30 degrees in the morning, although it can be in summer. So in summer in Madrid, for example, it's extremely hot. It can be... Maximum, I would say 42 degrees, 43 degrees in summer. Wow. But that's nothing in comparison to the south of Spain, where it's even hotter. And in some places in the south of Spain, they've recorded temperatures around 50 degrees and over. Wow. That's, that's cooking. Yes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so hot in the south of Spain that people actually really don't go outside because it's so hot. So the hottest part of the day, which is between um, in the afternoon before it gets dark, before the evening and before the night, is that's the hottest part of the day. So people just don't really go out at that point. So the thing to know about Spain is it's not all like that. So the south of Spain is very hot. And then you've also got coastal areas in the south, which are hot, but they have kind of the you know, that lovely sea breeze and they have a little bit more of a different climate. But you've got the middle of Spain, which is quite a dry climate. So um, Madrid is a very dry climate. And then you've got the north of Spain, which I think a lot of people are not as familiar with. Now, the north of Spain is more similar to the UK. It rains a lot in the north of Spain. Really? Yeah, it's a super green area. There's lots of mountain ranges, but it's very much a similar climate to the UK. A lot of rain, it's a lot colder. And what a lot of people do is to escape the heat. So it's funny because in the UK, we're like waiting for sun and we're like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Spain, people want to get away from the heat because it's so hot. So what people do is they, they go on holiday. Imagine you're from Madrid in the summer months in July and August. It's so hot here. So what a lot of people do is they go on holiday to the north of Spain and they enjoy a nice, cooler climate. And that's a very typical 
a typical plan of a Spanish family or any Spanish person in in Spain. The south is just too hot. I would I would never go to the south of Spain in summer. Hmm. Which is funny because a lot of British people go to the south of Spain in summer because it's hot and we want heat. But actually Spanish people avoid the will try to avoid the south of Spain in summer because it's just so hot. So that's an interesting cultural difference then between people from the UK and Spanish people. And that's something that I've never thought about either being a Canadian because Canadians coming from a cold country, we always want to go somewhere hot on vacation. But I guess people from hot countries maybe want the opposite to go to a cooler place on vacation. Hmm, very interesting. <laughs> Not everyone wants to be in in the heat and I think it's one thing that I learned moving to Spain is that you never really understand what it's like to live and work in a place that is 40 degrees. Like that is really hard. Number one, you can't sleep. A lot of people have air conditioning, but for example, I don't have air conditioning in my apartment. So Really? No. So Wow. Imagine trying to sleep at night when it's 30 degrees. So you can't sleep. Um you yeah. wake up, you're tired. So just this whole thing of living in hot weather is something that I never really appreciated. And you kind of understand that, you know, that's why people are kind of, because it makes you slower. Like you don't want to do anything. You're just hot. And and you kind of understand a little bit more about why people, um, about some of the cultural things associated with hotter countries and about resting, for example, and this thing about siesta, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But you know, people think that everybody in Spain takes a siesta. They they don't. But you can kind of understand it because when it's 40 degrees outside at four o'clock in the afternoon, like the last thing you want to do is work. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to work uh, <laughs> in 40 degree weather. I could only imagine how horrible that would be. Now, you brought up siesta. We should talk about it. It's, you know, it's a common stereotype, I guess, of well, Spain and maybe some other countries as well, but mm -hmm. famously Spain. So could you explain to us what this is? What is siesta and um, is it true? Do people sleep in the middle of the day? So siesta, I'm going to, I hope this is correct because I feel very nervous about saying these things because I'm not Spanish. <laughs> I feel very nervous about saying something that's um, incorrect, but a siesta is is essentially a nap, what we would say in, in English. But Specifically, a siesta would be, from my understanding, something that would happen after lunch. You would have lunch and then you would have a siesta. So um, a short sleep, a nap, essentially, is, is, is the same thing, but specifically after lunch. And the truth is that, no, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, how many people have a nap during the middle of the day when they're working? I mean, most people don't have a, 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 a siesta or a nap. So I think that's a common misconception. Of course, there are some people that do have a siesta or a nap or at the weekend, for example, they'll have a siesta or, but I mean, mm. during the day and during the working week, I mean, no, normally if you're working in a job, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a quick nap. Um, well, I mean, maybe some places are, are, are really flexible, but a common thing as well is that if you're an independent shop, they will close over lunchtime. So any shop that's run by somebody from the neighborhood or in the community, they will shut over the lunchtime hours and they will go back to their houses and have lunch and things and maybe have a siesta. But I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like to say that it's, um, you know, a lot of people have siestas because I think really in reality, people are working and, 
most people can't just have a nap in the middle in the middle of the day at, at 4 p.m. But I'm sure there's some people that still do. It's a shame, really. I think that would be a beautiful thing for a whole country to embrace, <laughs> as if everybody took a nap in the middle of the day. Ah, I wish Canada would do that. That would be great. <laughs> I, I like the idea of a siesta. Yeah, it's it's nice. And I, I think it depends because you can have a siesta for like three hours, which is for me <laughs> excessive. I think it's been there's studies that say it's 20 minutes is the perfect time. If you're going to get the benefits of having a nap and um, feeling more awake and being more productive, I think it's 20 minutes is the ideal, the ideal mm. siesta or nap time. So a siesta is just a is just a nap. So these are some interesting cultural differences then maybe between Spain and Western countries or like English speaking countries like the UK, where you're from. Are there any other interesting cultural differences that you've noticed? There's a lot. I mean, there's many ways in which we're similar. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody in every culture has to do the same things. You work, you you know, you you eat, you enjoy your free time. So in many ways, we're, we're very similar. But one way I think from my perspective that Spain is maybe a little different. And again, you have to remember that one thing I want to stress is that Spain is very, very different in terms of where you are. Mm. I think even there are more differences between the different areas than, say, for example, in the UK, because you have the south of Spain, which is a very hot culture. Um, you know, it's more like a desert. And and then you have the north of Spain, which is very different. You have Galicia, which is in the northwest, which is near Portugal. You have Valencia. I mean, they're all very different and people have very different identities coming from those different places. So Spain I would say as a message is such a varied country. And one thing I love about it is that you can have everything, all different types of landscape. You've got the mountain, you've got the beach, and let's not forget the islands. You've got the Balearic Islands, Ibiza, Mallorca, and then you've also got the Canary Islands as well, which is another part of, of Spain, which is off the coast of Africa. So, I mean, it's just the mentality and the way that people see things is very different depending on, on the region. One thing that I think is really clear or different is that um, Spanish people have a really strong feeling of family, a really strong feeling of being social, spending time with friends and being with family. And I think those links and those bonds are slightly stronger than in, say, the UK where I'm from. And Spain has a very different history as well to other countries in Europe. So that's also important to take into account. We won't go into it here, but it has a very different history from other European countries. So, and that makes it kind of the way that it is. But yeah, there's really strong ties with friends and family. And that's one aspect of their culture I really, really like is that they, in general, of course, not always, but they really have a, put a very strong emphasis and focus on family and friends. And I really like and respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Anna, one thing that I noticed when I was in Spain was that it seemed to be pretty chill, pretty laid back and, and open. Would you agree with that characterization as well? Yes. And it's funny you say that because one thing that I learned when I came here, we were talking about in the other episode, being polite and not wanting to offend people. And one thing I remember in the UK is that, let's say, for example, you were meeting a friend and for some reason you had to cancel at the last minute, to, to give an example. And, you know, you feel really bad. And you say, I'm really sorry, I have to cancel at the last minute. And maybe your friend is like a little bit annoyed. They're like, oh, okay, well, you know, and, but here, 
as an example, like if you say to somebody in Spain, you're like, oh, I, I can't come. I've got something else on. They're like, yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it. No problem. You know, I, I realized that I was like, oh, you, you don't mind that I'm, I'm, I, ca- I can't make it. Or they're like, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. Do, do what you want. So for little things that for me were important before here, I would say like, they're just not as important. They're just more laid back about little things like that. They're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like if you don't want to come, you don't want to come or, um, so they're more laid back. Sometimes that can be in a bad way. Being late, for example, is something that I had to learn here. Some people, some Spanish people I know are, are always late, which is for British people is like, it, it makes our <laughs> blood boil. I had to learn the hard way that you, if you agree to meet at eight o'clock, really that means 8.15. Okay. So, you know, little things like that. I would say that my experiences with that has been true. Like Spanish people, the Spanish people that I've met have, you know, tended to arrive late and things like that. And they just don't understand. But for British people, that's just so irritating. It's like, oh, we really like to be on time. So um, that was one thing. They're too laid back in that sense. Okay. Now, before we wrap up with this episode, there's one thing that I wanted to ask you about. In the previous episode, we talked about the UK and what life is like there. And we did talk about food a lot. And, you know, the UK, it has the stereotype of having kind of bland food. But you told us that this is actually not true. And there's a lot of good food in the UK. And in Spain, you know, there's the concept of the Mediterranean diet, which is practiced in, I guess, a lot of countries around the Mediterranean Sea. Could you tell us what the Mediterranean diet is and if people in Spain actually follow this way of eating? The Mediterranean diet for me is wonderful. And yes, I think the majority of people in Spain do follow more of a Mediterranean diet and what that looks like in practice. So I'm going to say like on a day-to-day basis, you know, on a person living here, what does that look like? Well, I think they eat more fruit and vegetables number one. I mean, like when they finish a main course or a meal, rather than having ice cream or whatever, they'll have fruit. So I'm, I'm, this is what I'm talking about everyday life. Not when you go to a restaurant, I'm talking about when you're at home and you have a meal at the end of the meal, you have fruit, you don't have a biscuit or, and so some of these products that we're very used to, for example, biscuits, chocolate. I mean, for example, in the UK, you go into the supermarket and it's got one huge aisle full of sweets, chocolate, I mean, crisps, I mean, all of that stuff. But here in Spain, it's not as popular. That's not as big a thing. So they put much more of an emphasis on like fruit, meats, I don't think necessarily people in Spain are like trying to be healthy. I just think it's that that's just what they're used to. And that's what they've, they've eaten olive oil. Uh, One thing that's really interesting about food is when we have a salad, for example, in the UK, we just have a salad, we put a dressing on it and, you know, Bob's your uncle, it's done. Sure. But in Spain, they put a lot of salt. So I remember going to a meal and having a big salad and they were like, oh, we'll put the salt on. And they were like, like putting all of this salt. And I was like, oh my God. I I said, is it really necessary to put that much salt? So (laughs) they put a lot of added salt onto everything. Salt on salads, salt on top of the food. So that's one thing I'm not as keen on because I don't like to add a lot of salt. But 
I mean, the food is really wonderful. It really is. I mean, they just have such nice cheese and meats and wines and oh, I mean, it's just one of the best things about living here is 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 really the food. But the Mediterranean diet is healthier and I think it has less processed foods and but one of the interesting things about Spain is it's actually I think according to my knowledge it's one of the places in in Europe that drinks the most beer. Really? Yep. Mhm. Huh. Interesting. And I think it has the most bars per something uh, in in Europe. So there's a lot of bars. People like to drink beer um and have beers with friends so that's an interesting fact um that i wasn't yeah. really aware of but a lot of people drink a lot of beer and um it's called a canya here which is a small beer ah okay you go for drinks and you have canyas and that's quite a common thing to do but yes in short to wrap up the mediterranean diet is practiced and i think people do follow it but of course there are other products and they're becoming more westernized for example some of the restaurants here some of the models they're using are like more to kind of restaurants similar to the uk but yeah i i much prefer the diet here i have to say i'll take that with me wherever i go wherever i'm going i'll take their tips and ways of doing things yeah well the mediterranean diet as far as i know it's linked to longevity right it's people that follow this diet are some of the oldest people on the planet. So I guess it's good for you and a, a good idea to follow. So that is definitely nice that you live in an area where it's so accepted and so easy to do. Mm, yeah, it must be difficult to be a vegetarian or a vegan in Spain because they eat a lot of meat. Um, <laughs> that's one thing it would be slightly difficult if you were a vegetarian or a vegan. I would say the diet is focused a lot on meats. Um, and okay. eggs and cheese. So that would be a bit of a challenge, but um, still still doable, I'm sure. But yeah, they, they, they seem like healthy people. And um, yes, it's associated with a lot of really great health benefits. So let's see if it works for me. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back in 80 years. And if Culips is still going, then <laughs> the Mediterranean diet stood the test of time. So on that note, I think we'll wrap up this episode. Thanks to everyone for listening and thanks, Anna, for telling us about life in Spain. No problem. It's been my pleasure to share all of these things with you. So listeners, we hope you learned a lot with us today. Just to remind you, our website is culips.com and if you want to get study guide including the transcript and practice exercises for this episode just check out the website to download it becoming a culips member is a great way to support us but it's not the only way you can also support us by leaving us a five-star rating and a nice review on your podcast app telling your friends about culips and following us on social media that's right you can stay up to date by following us on Instagram or YouTube. Our email address is contact at qloops.com. And if you'd like to send us a message, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you all then. See ya. See you soon.